Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael Lance and part two of his message in Revelation 16 called Pouring Out the Bowls. Now, people who took the mark of the beast took it, why? Because without it, you were unable to do what? Buy or sell. So people were under pressure. They, they were saying stuff like, who is like the beast, right? And they were giving a claim to him and worship to him. And they did it maybe for pragmatic reasons, maybe for reasons of pressure. They took the mark of the beast, but they were warned. Remember the two witnesses in Revelation 11 and even the angels in Revelation 4, 14, flying through the mid heaven saying, whoever takes the mark of the beast and the number of his name will drink the full cup of God's wrath unmixed, undiluted. They were warned. They heard the gospel. God gave warning over and over again. He put off the second coming of Christ. The gospel's been preached uh, to people. But here, as the judgment of God goes out in the first bowl, kind of a shallow uh, saucer is the image here of the bowl, goes out, it becomes a loathsome sore, an oozing sore. In fact, the Greek word for sore is helkas, and it's a, the same Greek word used in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Hebrew Old Testament, for the sores that Job had in the book of Job. And Job was there with a piece of broken pottery, and he was basically scraping the pus. I'm sorry, but here it is. It's going to ruin the time of fellowship after. Uh, you'll be hungry for your cooking in a little while. It'll be all right. But anyway, and he was scraping the boils. And he was a terrible sight. In fact, it says that he had boils from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. He was just in a terrible condition, something like oozing, malignant type of sores. The word loathsome is a Greek word, kakos uh, or kakos, and poneris uh, is the word for malignant. These are the Greek words. They're two general words for evil. So the sores by their very nature, are loathsome, malignant, terrible. If you've ever had just one thing on your body that, you know, maybe gets infected or you have some sort of sore. How many of you went through chicken pox? Anybody out there? I got chicken pox when I was a little older. It was terrible. In fact, I remember my girlfriend came over while I had chicken pox and I was trying to clean myself up. You can't clean yourself up when you have chicken pox. <laughs> And I was putting the calamine lotion on. Did you all do that on my face and you know, all over? Woo, 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 woo. I was putting the warfane on. And then I had to sit in the bath uh, to try to soothe the sores. And then I put the calamine lotion on when I got back out. And then I went back in the bathtub. Oh, it was terrible. About three days of misery. I also had a fever during it. Can you imagine having these kinds of sores and there's no cure for it? I mean, that is a horrible thing. And one of the plagues that came upon the Egyptians was boils. Exodus 9, verse 8 says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take for yourselves handfuls of soot from a kiln, and let Moses throw it 
toward the sky. This is where LeBron James got his move before basketball games. What, you guys don't believe that? Anyway, and he did it in the sight of Pharaoh. He threw up the soot from the kiln and it became dust over the land of Egypt and it became like boil, or it became boils, an infectious disease. Some believe that it's something like leprosy back in that time. It broke out in sores on man and beast through all the land of Egypt. And so these, these plagues that come upon the unbelieving world, the Christ-rejecting world, have similarities to the uh, plagues of Egypt. The wrath of God comes, and it comes in this malignant sore. And it comes upon those, end of verse 2, who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. They took the mark for pragmatic reasons, to spare themselves, to maybe get food or for, out of fear. But they feared the wrong thing, right? Don't you, don't you look at the world and you see what people fear? They fear the wrong thing. Don't fear the enemy. Don't fear, fear him who can kill your body. Jesus says, and after that, he has no power over you. We need to fear God. But we, we all have our fears. And so people give in. And people, you know, who put off trusting in Jesus Christ usually say something like this. They say, you know what? When things get really bad and maybe this Antichrist shows up, then I'll get right with God. Oh, yeah. You can't serve him now, but you're going to serve him then when things are very, very difficult, right? Well, this is the lie that we tell ourselves often. The magicians back in Moses' day couldn't even stand before Moses because of the boils. That's how difficult it was. And it all, when it's said and done, boils down to your heart, pun intended. It's really what you believe and what you want to live for. You know, there's a lot of Christians in the Christian church that want to live right on the razor's edge. How much can I get away with and still be okay with God? If you're asking that question, you're asking the wrong question. You should be asking, how much can I do for God while I yet have breath in my lungs? But look, I know we struggle. I know it's hard out there sometimes. But this is written so that we might live for the right things and realize that people who are doing dastardly things aren't going to get away with it. The second angel poured out his bowl into the sea. And it, the sea, became, like, became blood like that of a dead man. And every living thing in the sea died. Now, for our friends who believe in a preterist view of the book of Revelation, that everything is symbolic and that all that this uh, describes is simply symbolic languages, language at the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, I just tell you that some of this language, it's just hard to accept that interpretation. Because it says the sea became like the blood of a dead man, and everything in the sea died. I don't know how that's symbolic. The blood of a dead man, by the way, is partially coagulated. A corpse, the blood of a corpse, and again, this is just the reality. Here's the facts. Coagulates into dark, a dark, gummy, gooey substance. Can you imagine the oceans becoming dark, gummy, and gooey? I mean, I know it would ruin a surfer's day, right? Don't you think? Because you'd be in the tube and then it'd be like gum over you. Be, sorry, that's terrible. Thought you might need a little levity, but it didn't work, so never mind. 
And some people say, is that possible? Is it possible for the seas to change in substance in this way? I think so. I mean, I just read about it and God's the one that made the water to begin with. So I guess if he wants to remake its substance, then he can. So whatever this looks like in the end, it is a a terrible thing. And so the seas have turned. And can you imagine the people on the earth, the environmentalists, the, the people who are into climate change trying to figure out this one? By the way, climate change is kind of a funny concept, isn't it? Let's see. Climate change. Doesn't the climate change all the time? I don't know. I know that there's apparently scientific research that proves out that the climate changes. So I, that's pretty deep. I think we've spent a lot of money on that one. <laughs> the guy that came up with this apparently invented the internet as well. Well, we won't name any names up here. because. So you say, well, that's just the sea, and maybe they can work on stuff and try to come up with solutions, but at least there's still clean drinking water until you read verse 4. And the third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of waters, and they became like blood. Wow. Well, we still have clean drinking water. We're okay, right? Well, wrong. You're not. In Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7, notice what the angel, who is warning the world against following the beast, taking his mark, says these words. Revelation 14, 6 says, I saw another angel flying in midheaven, having the eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth, to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heaven and the earth and the sea, and what else? And the springs of water. I want you to turn all the way to the book of Exodus, the second book of your Bible, Exodus chapter 7. Let me just park here for a second with this thought. I know that an unbeliever hearing this may have a difficult time, but let me ask you this question. I I have a cup of water up here. Somebody even gave me, somebody from the church gave me one of those cool machines that is supposed to filter out the the bad stuff out of the water. So I try to drink a couple of cups of water a day from that filter. It is good water. But I wonder how many times I take a drink of water do I think about the source of water? You know, uh, anymore, sometimes we're with family at holidays and, you know, they know that you're the Christian in the crowd and so you're probably going to pray over like a Thanksgiving meal. You might bring Jesus up at Christmas. I mean, but they want you to get it over quick. I mean, do we have to talk about Jesus? It's it's Christmas, man. Do we have to say thanks? It's Thanksgiving. Okay, if we're going to do it, let's get it over quick. You know, one of those quick, pithy little prayers. That's when you get the little kid to pray. God, (laughs) I thank you for the forks and the napkins and my puppy. And just let them go on. That's glorious. Anyway. (laughs) Do you think we take some things for granted like water and food and shelter? How about sunshine? How about 
The sun's the exact distance it needs to be away from us, and the moon, the stars. How about things like wind? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Sometimes we're with family at holidays and, you know, they know that you're the Christian in the crowd. And so you're probably going to pray over like a Thanksgiving meal. You might bring Jesus up at Christmas. I mean, but they want you to get it over quick. I mean, do we have to talk about Jesus? It's it's Christmas, man. Do we have to say thanks? It's Thanksgiving. Okay, if we're going to do it, let's get it over quick. You know, one of those quick, pithy little prayers. That's when you get the little kid to pray. God, (laughs) I thank you for the forks and the napkins and my puppy and just let him go on. That's glorious. Anyway. (laughs) Do you think we take some things for granted like water and food and shelter? How about sunshine? How about the sun's the exact distance it needs to be away from us and the moon and the stars? How about things like wind? How about the fact that you can think right now and smell and you have taste buds and a circulatory system and a heart that pumps blood at an incredible rate throughout your entire body without you thinking about it? And you have eyes to see and ears to hear. And every day we wake up. And for many, many people on the planet, they will never even give God a thought, nor a thanks. And God sits in heaven. Imagine if you were God, and you watched people go to and fro upon the earth on your planet, breathing your air, walking on your land, taking in your sunshine, drinking your water, enjoying the vegetation and the animals and everything that you provided. And, you know, it would be nice if someone just might park for a second and say, oh, thanks. So this is the culmination of much of what goes on, sadly. And, 
You know, I see it in my own heart. We all struggle. Exodus 7, 17 says, Thus the Lord, says the Lord, By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it shall be turned to blood. The fish that are in the Nile will die. The Nile will become foul, and the Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your staff, stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their rivers, over their streams, over their pools, over all their reservoirs of water, that they may become blood. And there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. How many of you saw the movie The Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille? Do you remember when the Pharaoh, Yoel Brenner, great Pharaoh, was down there blessing the waters and he started to pour out waters out of a pitcher and what came out of the pitcher turned to blood and he dropped the pitcher and he's like, <sighs> and then later on he says, oh, a report came in and there was some sort of red mudslide down there and that, yeah, that's how the, that's how your pitcher of water became blood. It was a red mudslide. Yeah. Do you know what? This verse seems to indicate that everywhere that the Egyptians had water, it was turning into blood, even in pitchers and wood things and stone stuff and on the breakfast table. Wow. Brutal. Back to Revelation 16. Now the response of the righteous is recorded in verses 5 through 7. And the response of the righteous is interesting. I heard the angel of the waters First, it starts with an angel, Revelation 16, 5, who said, Righteous art thou who art and who wast, O holy one, because thou did judge these things. For they, 16, 6, poured out the blood of saints and prophets. And thou hast given them blood to drink. They deserve it. Wow. I know some of you are a little bit shocked by that response by the angel. But that's what the angel says. Good. They spilled the blood of your people. Now give them blood to drink. I don't know how that's symbolic, by the way. And so you can see that God is giving back to them what they deserve. They poured out the blood of saints and prophets. Jesus, when he looked over Jerusalem, says, Which of the prophets did you not stone that were sent to you? Which of them did you not kill? You shed the blood of righteous of the righteous uh, blood on the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Jesus said, "You've done this all along, and it hasn't stopped." And I heard the altar saying, "Yes, O Lord God the Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments." Now, is an altar speaking? I heard the altar say. Everybody turn back to Revelation 6 for a second. This was the fifth seal we looked at way back as we were studying the seals in Revelation 6. In verse 9, we looked at the fifth seal, and here's what it says. When he broke 6-9, the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice and said, How long, O Lord, holy and true, 
will thou refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And they're told to rest a little while longer in verse 11. Notice they are souls underneath, verse 9, the altar. And then in 16.7, the altar says, maybe these same people say, Yes, O Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Is it wrong to want just judgment? Apparently not. Sometimes we think it's wrong to think thoughts that justice can be correct. It's not wrong. In fact, God is just. Now, God is extremely patient. And God gives mercy. And all of us who know Christ tonight have not gotten what we deserve. We deserve justice, but what we got was what? Mercy. (laughs) Praise God. And when Jesus came to the planet, that baby that we will celebrate, born in Bethlehem on that starry night, when he came to the planet, he came to save us. That was his mission. But there there are those who will just reject him. And the fourth angel, 16.8, poured out his bowl upon the sun. And it was, given, it was given to it to scorch men with fire. I will say that if you think about sin, sin is like a sore. It, it will make us sore. And sin also burns us. Can a man take fire to his bosom and not be burned? Proverbs 6. Men were scorched with fierce heat. And we're going to see their response in a second. But can you imagine having these terrible boils and then the sun begins to scorch you while you have the boils still? Wow. Brutal. And the response of these people is that they blaspheme the name of God who has the power over these plagues and they did not repent so as to give him glory. Now, wouldn't the boils and the scorching sun be enough for you? Wouldn't it be enough for you to say, okay, God, I'm sorry. By the way, these people know the source of the plagues. They don't have to wonder. They're not trying to figure it out. God is the one judging them and they know it's God. And yet their response is still what? Blasphemy. They vilify God. Blasphemy is a term that means to vilify God. It means to curse his name. And it goes on every day. There are people who will worship the sun, the moon, the stars, the oceans, and you name it, but they won't worship the Creator. You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part two of his message in Revelation 16, called Pouring Out the Bowls. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, a reminder, you can re-listen to today's teaching and previous sermons from Pastor Michael when you visit our website, walkintruth.com. Walk in Truth is also available for free on many podcast apps like iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and many more. Search Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Hey friend, this ministry is called Walk in Truth because our goal is to help you in your walk with Jesus. Man, we all need help in our walk and I know it's it's a crazy schedule for many of us and we can have a hard time sometimes just cracking open our Bible. One thing that we've been offering, we've been telling you about, is a step closer devotional. The goal of that particular devotion is to give you a built-in devotion, a small portion of scripture with a little commentary for your day. Something that you can read in a couple of minutes 
comes to you on your phone and helps you get a little closer in your walk, a built-in devotion. Man, what a blessing. Here's how you get it. The Step Closer devotion is available to you when you text Step Closer as one word to 22333. Again, Step Closer, one word, text 22333. Hope you access it today. It will help you in your walk with Jesus, get you a step closer. You can tell others about it as well. And uh, we hope that it helps you. Well, friend, I'd love to invite you out to our Wednesday night service tomorrow night at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where we're going through the book of Job. The big title of the series is The Problem of Evil and the Power of the Gospel. If ever there was a book that addresses these hard subjects, it is the book of Job. But there is an undergirding truth that the greater Job is Jesus, the ultimate innocent sufferer. And we've been delving into that. And we're going to look at a message on Wednesday night called True Comfort. What does it mean to be a true comforter? How do we receive comfort and give it away? We're going to explore some of those things tomorrow night at Living Truth in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. We'd love for you to join us. The service begins at 7 p.m. You can find out information and directions when you visit walkintruth.com and click on the Visit tab or Download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for that red logo with the pillars and make plans to join us in the book of Job tomorrow night. We'd love to have you. I'd love to meet you. You can dive in deeper to your Bible, get ministered to, and meet some of the great people here at Living Truth. So come on out, check it out. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Be sure to come back tomorrow to hear part three of Pastor Michael's message in Revelation 16 called Pouring Out the Bowls. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.